read from Isaiah chapter 40, verses 1 through 5. Why don't you stand up for the reading of God's word? This is Isaiah chapter 40, verses 1 to 5. Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and proclaim to her that her hard service has been completed, that her sin has been paid for, that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. A voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be raised up, every mountain and hill made low. The rough ground shall become level, the rugged places the plain, and the glory of the Lord will be revealed, and all people will see it together, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. This is the word of the Lord. You may be seated. As I mentioned earlier, as we've had more COVID cases recently, and that's been frustrating on Sunday mornings with volunteers, it's been frustrating for uh, many of you as you uh, are, have been forced to quarantine, or uh, I know some of you are, who are watching at home would, would much rather be here right now, but are not able to. Um, I, even, if you didn't, even if you haven't contracted COVID yourself recently, you may have been exposed, I was exposed a few weeks ago, and I had to get tested, and thankfully I was fine. I tested negative, but the, uh, the experience of going to the doctor and getting a COVID test, I hadn't had to do it in almost a year, and it was um, just a, a, a nuisance, a frustration. It's, I wasted a, a good chunk of my day. Perhaps you've had an experience like this recently with the doctor. I, I got to the uh, testing area and had to wait in line uh, to get in, to check in for my appointment, so I was standing there waiting around, and there was a, a woman there with, with, with two of her children, and one of them was Lizzie's age, and so I was able to, to talk to her and talk to her daughter and tell, like, oh, do you love, you love, <laughs> you, I see that you've got Minnie Mouse, my daughter loves Minnie Mouse, and, you know, it was, it was, it was a good time. It was nice to stand there together with them, and then I got in, I got to check in for my appointment, and then I got to sit down and wait for them to call me in to the back to go get the test, so I was waiting there for a bit, kind of aimlessly scrolling around on my phone, then they called me. I went back into the room to, uh, they checked me in. The nurse, I suppose she took my pulse or something like that and then said, okay, they'll be in in a moment to do your test. And so then I, I sat there and waited for them to come and take my test. And I noticed that my battery was getting pretty low. I was like, oh, okay. I need to call Katie after this. I want to make sure that, and I was like, I should put my phone away. I don't want it to die on me. That happens to me all the time. So I put my phone away and I just waited there in the room. And it was very quiet, and it's sterile in a doctor's office, and there are posters and, you know, on the wall and maybe the anatomy of a lung or something, and kind of looking at those, and just feeling awkward and uncomfortable. And then the doctor came in, and they gave me the test, and then they said, oh, they said, we want to follow up with you after the test and tell you, oh, if we get this result, we just, so just wait again. We'll be back in a little while. And then this, this waiting, this was a long time. I don't know how long. It felt like a really long time. And again, I was just kind of sitting there. I'm not going to use my phone. I don't have a book with me. I'm just waiting. 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 
and I got really uncomfortable because I'm just so used to filling my head and my time with things, whether it's scrolling on my phone or listening to music or, you know, if I'm at my house, there's always something I can put away or tidy up or clean if I have downtime, you know? There's, there's always a way to use the time, whether it's to distract myself or to accomplish something. And sitting here in the doctor's office, I wish I could tell you that I, I, I was alone, so I, I prayed and I, I talked to God and I had this great, you know, spiritual experience, but I, I didn't. I just sat there and felt uncomfortable and awkward and lonely. And I felt my mind drifting to uncomfortable topics. I don't like to wait. I don't think any of us like to wait. And, and all the more, I, I am particularly prone to uh, filling my time every moment with my screen or something else. And uh, to some extent, all of us are, now that we have these phones and everything is at your fingertips all the time. There's never a moment that can't be used for entertainment or productivity or something. And we even have that urge. How do I make this? Uh, I, I have half an hour. I, I didn't make any plans. How do, I, well, how do I get the most out of this? I have to make this productive. I have to seize this opportunity. And what I was forced to do when I was in the doctor's office without my phone and without plans, without something to do, I was forced to just be alone with my thoughts and emotions and wait. And in retrospect, I, I, I'm frustrated by how uncomfortable that made me. Maybe that's true of you as well. As we come into the season of Advent, that is what it is all about. Waiting. It is a season of waiting a discipline within the Christian year. The church has, for the thousands of years, has practiced a rhythm of life throughout the year, and Advent is a season of preparation, of waiting, of hope, also of, of grief and lament, as we, as we shared this morning. And the season of waiting is what our church is preparing for beyond Advent, well into the next year. I don't know how long it will take, for this church to find a new senior pastor. We can quote the statistics, perhaps that they have been shared. It could, be, it could be sooner, it could be longer. It is God's decision to make. But you will all be waiting. Right now we're waiting for Christmas, and it will, it will come pretty soon, quickly if you haven't done any shopping yet very quickly, and it will be good and joyous. We love Christmas. We love to celebrate together. But Christmas will come and will go, and there'll be more to wait for. We're waiting for this pandemic to end, and more than that, you'll be, you'll be waiting for the next stage, for the, for the search committee to be formed, for the job description to be posted, for the applications to come in, for the interviews to be had, for the hiring process to begin, for whoever that person is, for them to get started and, and get acclimated to this congregation, and then waiting for what comes next for this church. There's always something more to wait for. And so when we think about Advent in this season, we think about hope, we think about preparation. 
And we have to remind ourselves that no matter what we're waiting for in the immediate future, what we are ultimately waiting for is Jesus. And none of the things that we're waiting and hoping for, though they are all good, will truly satisfy the needs that we have. Though they can bless us and point us all the more towards Jesus, as I am sure this process and your future pastor will. So while we wait in the season of Advent, this is an opportunity for us as a church to prepare for what is to come in the next year. So while we wait, I have three things for us to think about. Uh, And I'll return to these uh, throughout this season of Advent. I'm going to touch on each of them a bit today. While we wait, we can grieve, we can hope, and we can prepare. See, each of these things in the Advent season and and the text that we've been reading even this morning, we can grieve, we can hope, and we can prepare. As I was talking about waiting earlier and being uncomfortable with my emotions, um, a number of us have experienced significant and tragic loss in the past two years. Parents, siblings, loved ones, family members who have died, who have been taken to us, taken from us sooner than we anticipated, or even if we did anticipate it, we're still hurt and wounded by that grief. It can be a challenging thing to be alone with your own emotions. It is also a challenging thing to be in the presence of someone who has experienced grief, pain, someone who has been wounded. Because there's often very little you can do. You have to simply wait. In Proverbs, God offers us wisdom for how to respond to the emotions that we and the people around us experience. We talk a lot about emotional IQ these days, and uh, you won't find that in the Bible, but I think that what people are trying to get at with that is very, very similar to what wisdom is in the Bible. Not simply intelligence and knowledge, but the ability to make decisions to know what to do in a moment, to be able to assess a moment. And so, for example, a verse that has stuck with me ever since the day I first read it, Proverbs 25.20 says this, Whoever sings songs to a heavy heart is like one who takes off a garment on a cold day and like vinegar on soda. Whoever sings songs to a heavy heart Often when our hearts are heavy, when we are burdened by grief, or when someone around us is experiencing grief, there is a temptation to not wait because we are uncomfortable and we would like this period of grief to end. And perhaps you haven't literally sung a song to yourself or or to someone near you, but this is a poetic way of talking about dismissing someone else's pain with a happy word, with a nice idea. Oh, it'll be okay. Everything is fine. Even 
to use our faith, to use theology to dismiss pain. But Jesus is on his throne. True statements. And yet, the wise person knows when to speak that word of truth and knows when that word of truth would simply be a song. A song that is ultimately like ripping a garment off of a cold person or pouring vinegar on soda. It creates more. It's become colder. It's become bubbling and fusing. It's such, a, such an image, vinegar on soda. When we prayed earlier our prayer of lament, we talked about how Jesus was acquainted with grief and a man of sorrows. Jesus himself did not sing songs to heavy hearts. He did not comfort simply with a kind word. He himself experienced those emotions. He wept with those who wept. And at the tomb of Lazarus, as Jamie shared with us a few weeks ago, Jesus himself wept bitterly because of sin and death. So as we read this morning and every, every week, these wonderful verses about the comfort that God has for his people and the beautiful hope that he has for us in the future. We have to remember that that hope and that promise exists because, as the scripture says, those who are living in darkness have seen a great light. We live in darkness. And so often our hearts are heavy and those whom we love experience pain and grief. It's wise for us to acknowledge those feelings and to not dismiss them. But it is also wise and right for us to have hope. And we can have both of those things. As, as we've gathered together over the past few weeks, we've had wonderful opportunities to encourage Jamie and Kylie and to celebrate everything that they have done. And that is right and good. And this morning I, I prayed and, and said that at the same time I am sad that Jamie is not our pastor. We have to feel both of those things. We can't just say, well, I'm, I'm not allowed to feel sad or frustrated because I know that this is God's will and what is happening is good and God will be good in the future, so I'm not allowed to feel sad or frustrated. No, no you, you have to feel, you have to be a human being. You have to give those things to God. Don't sing yourself a song. Let yourself grieve. Let yourself feel what you must feel. But then, as, as I said in our prayer earlier, we must look to Jesus. We must turn away from our grief and look to Jesus. This morning we read from Romans 8. For creation was subjected to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it, in hope that the creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into the freedom and glory of the children of God. We know that the whole creation has been groaning, as in the pains of childbirth, right up to the present time. Not only so, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, groan inwardly as we wait 
eagerly for our adoption into sonship, the redemption of our bodies. Here in Romans 8, Paul captures both of those things. God himself has subjected to frustration all of creation. It groans. And yet, this has been, this has been done in the hope that it and we will be brought into the freedom and glory of God. And so, we groan as we wait because, yes, we live in darkness, but we have seen a great light. That light is God. That light is Jesus. It is what we celebrate in this season and what we anticipate at Christmas. God himself coming into the world, taking on flesh, and living among us. And because of that, we can anticipate and hope for the redemption of our bodies, as it says in Romans 8. Not just that the present pain will go away, not just that we will receive comfort, but that we will receive something even better than what we have known. Jesus rose from the dead. He is making everything new. Creation will be liberated. We will be adopted into sonship. Our bodies will be redeemed. And in a new heaven and in a new earth, there will be, be no pain or tears anymore. As we sang this morning, God himself will be our light. And so we celebrate. This morning we sang, we both played a prayer of lament, and we sang about joy in the world. We marry these things together because they are the reality that we live in. We have a great hope, and we should be people full of joy and expectation. But being full of joy and expectation does not mean denying the reality of the pains that we have experienced and the fact that we are still waiting for those pains to be dealt with and ended. So we can grieve and we can hope and we can prepare. In Isaiah 40, it says, In the wilderness... Prepare the way for the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Just as the people of Israel anticipated the coming of the Messiah, we anticipate the return of Jesus, that he will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead. And so this verse is just as true for us that we should prepare the way for the Lord. There's a couple ways that we can do that this Advent season. The first are the things that I've just talked about. We can look into our own hearts, the wilderness that exists, the desert of our souls, and we can turn over those things to God. In, in your own soul, in your heart, in your mind, prepare the way for the Lord. Practice in this season of Advent, worship 
and prayer. Pray, read the scriptures, and allow your heart and your mind to be prepared for what God is doing, both in eternity and in the coming weeks and in the coming months and year. Pray for our church. Pray for our elders. Pray for the people who will serve on our transition team, who will ultimately form the search committee, who will make the decisions that need to be made. Pray for them every day. And as you pray and prepare your own heart, we can prepare our church. We are preparing, yes, for a new pastor, and a new pastor will be a great blessing and will we'll, we'll bring relief and, and, and joy when that finally happens, but that pastor, just as myself and just as Jamie, that pastor will not be Jesus. They can't be. They will point to Jesus. They will serve faithfully in his name. So as you prepare, prepare honestly. Prepare for a person. A person who will have their own personality, their own strengths and weaknesses and flaws and quirks whose preaching style may be any number of things. Um, prepare to receive from God the blessing and the, and the leader that he has for you. And that experience as well is an opportunity to prepare all the more for the future and for Christ's return. Every one of these experiences, the, just the, the regular season of Advent, the exceptional season that our church is going through, these will all come to an end and they will all serve as you learn to prepare for these things. You will be learning to prepare for the coming of God himself. Jesus told us that he who can be trusted with little can be trusted with much. And so a little thing like the season of Advent and in, the, in, in, in context of history, a little thing like a church hiring a new pastor. If you can be trusted with these, then you can be trusted all the more to receive the new heaven and the new earth as Christ returns. Grieve, hope, prepare. As I said, I, 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 have, I want to return to each of these themes in the, in the coming weeks. Next week, we'll be uh, hearing from Sam Huggard, who will be assisting us a lot in this, in this transition process, and uh, that'll be a, out, of the, out of the season a little bit, not quite an Advent sermon, but a, but a timely one for us. But we'll continue to think about grief, hope, and preparation in the Advent weeks to come. So I would encourage you to read Isaiah chapter 40, as I will continue to return to that. Um, if you are, again, if you are, if you are wondering what you should be reading, start there. Isaiah chapter 40. Take time to pray for yourselves and for our church, both in this season and in the future, that God would prepare your hearts, that God would prepare our church for the future that he has for it. Allow yourself to feel the feelings of sadness or frustration that come 
And then give those to God and look to Jesus. Look to him for comfort and for peace. Pray the words of Psalm 13 if you struggle to find them. And join us for worship on Sundays, on Saturday afternoon on the 18th, and on on Christmas Eve. Invite your neighbors, invite your friends. Share the good news. Prepare the way of the Lord in your heart, in our church, in our town, and throughout the world. This is God's desire for us. It is the work that he is continuing to do, no matter who is here. It is his work, we are his church. He is faithful to us. He is the source of our hope. I want to pray again um, what, I, what I read earlier and I um, hope that this prayer can be, you can hear these words and respond to God as well. Make them your own. After our service this morning, if, if you would like to pray with someone, um, Josh and Becca will be available for you. They'll be standing here underneath the chalkboard. Um, if you'd like to help serve with that in the future, we'd be grateful. Let's pray together. God, you are our refuge and strength, our ever-present help in trouble. In your great mercy, you have delivered us from sin and death and given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. Redeem all our days by this victory. Forgive our sins. Banish our fears. Make us bold to share our our deepest emotions and pains with you. To share both our, our joy and our anger. And Lord, may all of those things, whatever we feel, if we give that to you, may you turn it to praise. Make us bold to praise you to do your will. Shield us through faith. Prepare us as we wait for the coming of your kingdom on the last great day. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.